became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness, and humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so
Matt, can you hold off just for a second? I'm sorry. I just wanted to, um, you're going to stop it. Thank you. I just, this song, um, I bought this a while back, and my sister, as y'all know, some of you may know, she found out she had breast cancer again. She had it 14 years ago, and now she had it, she found out she had it again. Had surgery, they said they got it all, but she doesn't know she has to go through chemo. She's really scared about that because she knows what chemo is like because she went through it the first time. And I really don't want to draw this out because when I start talking about it, I want to cry, and I don't want to, I can't sing if I'm crying. So, um, but this song, when she was going through this and I found out about it, this song was just laying heavy on my heart, and it's, it's a hard song to sing for me, but I just felt in my spirit that I needed to sing it for her. And, and I had sent her some encouraging words, and I had told her to listen to this song because this song is, whether you're battling cancer, whether you're battling drugs, alcohol, maybe you're just a hateful person, you know, and you want to be a better person. You know, we battle with things every day. I battle with things the last few weeks for like a clouds over my head, feeling like, well, what did I do to that person? They don't talk to me anymore. We've got to quit worrying about what people think and worry about what God thinks and please him. We are not going to be able to please everybody. Mark and I, and so many of you are in the ministry and, and so many other churches and in the community, we cannot do everything for everybody. It's time for us to get in our Bibles and start reading and learning how to cope with God. And this song just speaks a lot because I love my sister so much, even though we're not really close as we used to be. But And I'm worried about her salvation. She was raised just like I was. We know the Lord, but do you really live for him 100%? And, um, and so this is just for her. I, I, I hope I'm going to send this to her because I'm going to make sure that she hears it because I want her to be reminded that she's not alone. God will never leave us no matter what we're going through. Amen? Okay, Mike, start it from the beginning.
Amen. <clears throat> I'd like to thank Brother Mike for coming up today and helping Miss Mary and Jenna work on the music for Easter today. And You know, I came in and Brother Mike had burned that copy of her singing. And, man, we got to take her to American Idol or something and get some money, man. I need Y'all vote for her, wouldn't you? Amen. God is so good to this little church. He's given us so much talent. John 19, if you got a Bible. It's been a really long day for me. I didn't stuff Easter eggs or anything like you women did, but 
been a real crazy day because when I woke up this morning and got ready to get cleaned up, get ready to start my day, and started saying, Lord, what is it you would have me to preach about tonight? What is it that you would have me to talk to your children about tonight? And he just pressed on me early this morning, tell them about the crown of thorns. And I said, Lord, I said, uh, what do you want me to tell them about the crown of thorns? And so I wrestled with this all day, just searching and searching for information and and, and, and studying and, and, and trying to hear from God. I had to get up from my desk and just leave a couple of times. And then and then I had to get and go home and take a nap. Man, I was so stressed out over this. When I woke up from my nap, I, I said, Lord, we're running out of time here to talk about these thorns. I'm going to need a little help here. So Mary gets in my office about 6 o'clock, and she says, Hey, how you doing this now? Said, leave me alone, leave me alone, woman. I'm trying to, trying to put this thing together. You know, this is tonight what God definitely wants you to hear. All of you. None of you are excluded from tonight's message. And how do I know that? How do I know this message is for everyone? Because the Bible says that we are all without sin. And the crown of thorns represents sin. And I'm going to reveal that to you in just a minute. John 19.1. Got my Bible? Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a, a, a lead-stripped whip. The soldiers made a crown of thorns, sharp thorns, and put it on his head. And they put a royal purple robe on him. Hell, king of the Jews, they mocked him. They hit him with their fist. The crown of thorns the Lord wanted me to talk about tonight. I said, Lord, what is it you want me to say? He said, you tell my children that the thorns represents their sins. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. Thank God for grace and thank God for mercy. And somebody that's all righteous needs to receive that tonight. Because there are some of you that thought a bad thought about somebody today. There are some of you probably acted on that thought. And the Lord says that we need to get a hold of our thoughts and avoid sin in our life. And I was thinking about this. The thorn represents the sin in my life and the sin in your life and how Jesus wore that sin upon his brow. With the thorns. I've been given a lot of stuff over the years in the ministry. and Man, I got little kids that have brought me pictures that I cherish. I got things that, that people have given me over the years that are just sentimental to me. You know, they, they, they touched you. The moment you saw them, the moment it just touched you. And these things, man, I put up. They're sacred to me. If my house burned out, I can tell you right now, I wouldn't run in and get the money out of my safe. I would run in and get this precious stuff that, that children and people have given me over the years in the ministry that means so much to me. I have a cross that a little kid drew me. I want to tell you this real quick. I have a cross. It's on a piece of paper, and we were doing cross giveaway for our little lambs to go to, to camp or go to SeaWorld or somewhere, and so they all made crosses. And one family, they couldn't afford any lumber, had no way to make a cross, so they drew one on a piece of paper. And as all the people in the church walked around to buy these crosses, everybody overlooked that paper except for this pastor. That piece of paper with that cross on it. 
means more to me than any other cross that I have that's been given to me over the years. Why? Because that's all they had. There are those gifts that I've been given in the ministry, and, and this is one of those that I cherish so much. And, 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 and I, I don't have to tell you who gave it to me because they know who gave it to me, but the moment I received it, it just took my breath away. It is the crown of thorns made up from the same tree that took the branches and wove them together to put on the head of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I was thinking about this, my brothers and sisters, today. Lord, what do you want me to tell them? He said, tell them to avoid the sin that was placed upon my brow through these crowns. It's not the most beautiful thing you ever seen. Hadn't even taken it out of the box. It's just so sacred to me. I ain't even cut it loose. I, I thought about cutting it loose and passing it around for you and I to see. And if you look in here, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll set it right here. If you want to come look at it after church, you're more than welcome to. But there's blood stain on these thorns on this cross. The blood that the Lord shed for my sins and for your sins ought to keep us from avoiding sin in our life at all costs. These people right now in our government's trying to compromise. And there's people down now now the Today Show is talking to several pastors and spiritual leaders, and one of them today said there's many ways to heaven. No, there's one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. I would say, man, let this cowboy with the cowboy hat get on TV. I would tell him. I wouldn't be scared to tell him that there's only one way. I want to set this here, and you're more than welcome to come and look at it after church. And Yes, sir. Yeah, you can just set it right down there. Thank you, Ricky. John 19 says that they put a, a John, you want, to put, you want to put it on there? They can come see it after church. Thank you, brother. They placed that crown of thorns on his head for my sins and for your sins. And brother, it bothers me when people just keep on sinning. Can I say that to you tonight? It bothers me when people just sin freely and could care less. And you know what bothers me the most is when people who call themselves a Christian do it. Where does the word hypocrite come from? It comes from those who call themselves a Christian, but they do the opposite of what Christianity calls for, to love your brother, to love your neighbor, to follow the Ten Commandments, to avoid sin. We need to avoid sin at all costs. When sin comes into our mind, we need to nip it in the bud. As my daddy used to say, I'm going to nip that in the bud if you don't get it done. We need to avoid sin at all costs. And it bothers me that people just keep on sinning like it's no big deal. I'll party. I'll cuss. I'll treat people like crap. I'll murder. I'll shoot somebody. I'll lie. I'll cheat. I'll steal. Never avoiding sin when Jesus died for all sin. And, and the Bible says, like Mary sang in the song, he became sin who knew no sin. He became sin who knew no sin. Now they whipped him, they, they flogged him, they pulled his beard out of his face, they spit in his face, and then they had to mock him. Oh, you say you're a king, huh? Let 
me whittle up this little crown for you. It was a crown of thorns, and then they jabbed it on his head. I, I don't like to go to them sissy churches where they make it all look real pretty. If you're going to do it, you ought to do it right. I've been a cowboy most of my life. If you're going to do something, you ought to do it right. And they placed, they placed with all that they had. I was watching a little video. It was so graphic. I almost played it tonight. That they, 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 that the crowns were so, the thorns were so sharp, Brother Scott, that when they placed it on his head, it hurt the guy's hand that they took a stick and they tapped it on Jesus' head so they could get it all the way down on there. And he did that for my sins and for your sins. But we don't avoid sin. And where does the word thorn and crown and all this play in the fact? I was told by a pastor friend of mine that every time we sin, we nail Jesus back to the cross. But I'm saying to this church tonight, every time we sin, we just putting the crown back on him. And we push him or we're tapping it on there. Every time we don't stand up for our beliefs. Every time we don't go to the polls because we're lazy and we let the devil have the governments of this world. That's what's happened. And the crazy, the, the, the Christians have become lazy. That's the problem. Oh, somebody else will get it for me. Nobody's getting nothing for you. You got to get up and do it yourself. You know, we can avoid sin. Throughout the scripture, thorns symbolize not sin but the consequences of sin. The thorn symbolizes not sin, but the consequences of sin. Remember in Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed the land. And, and, and look with me real quick at Genesis 3. Got my Bible? Go there with me real quick, and then go to Proverbs 22. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Throughout scriptures, thorn symbolizes not sin, but the consequences of sin. And as we look at Adam and Eve in the garden, and when they had sinned, it says in Genesis 3, 17, that God cursed the land. And he says, so I put a curse on the ground. The ground will produce thorns and weeds for you, and you will eat these plants of the fields. Brambles on the earth are the product of sin. How, how, how many people like dewberries? Anybody pick dewberries as a kid? Anybody still pick dewberries? Huh? Anybody know what a dewberry? Everybody know what a dewberry is? A little blackberry and a little red berry you put on pie. It's good stuff. But they come on a real thorny little bush. And if you get a hold of the of the twig part of that, you'll be picking those little thorns out of your skin. Those are called brambles. Brambles can turn into, now I, I, I told you a while ago, I have been a cowboy. I have been a cowboy in East Texas. I've been a cowboy in West Texas. And I've been a cowboy where you had to go into the brush and bring out the cows that were just embedded in thorny, brushy bushes where, if you, you let me say this, there wasn't these cowboys you see today. We wore long sleeve shirts and we had bandanas on and chaps on where we could go into that brush and not come out looking all bloody and stuck to death the Lord said those thorns I, I, I just I, I just got overwhelmed when I when I, when I found that out it says throughout the scriptures the thorn symbolizes symbolizes not sin but the consequences of sin and I remember I remember many a times the thorns were so sharp that we as humans and horses back, 
couldn't even go in there. We had to send dogs in there or wait till they come out. Some people are sinning so bad right now without a conscience. And the only way out is Jesus. And they're going to need him, folks, and they're going to need you and I to tell them the truth about our Lord and Savior and all that he went through. Proverbs 22.5 says this, Brambles on the earth are produced of sin of the heart. Rebellion results in thorns. Proverbs 22.5 says this, Evil people's lives, say that with me, Evil people's lives are like paths covered with thorns and traps. Jesus compared the lives of evil people to thorn bushes. In speaking of false prophets, he said, You will know these people by what they produce. Grapes don't come from thorn bushes, and figs don't come from thorny weeds. The fruit of sins is thorny, prickly, and cutting. And you and I need to avoid sin tonight. Shay, you and I, homeboy, need to avoid sin. All of us in this church need to avoid sin. Did I say homeboy in church? I guess I just did, didn't I? If this is your first time here and you're real churchy, hang on. It's only going to get worse. We need to avoid sin in our life. The Bible tells us that it's important to guard our mind from sinful thoughts, from, from wrong way of thinking that comes into our mind. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That verse says that we need to guard it with diligence. We need to control our minds, put good things in our minds instead of bad things. So how do we fill our minds with the right thoughts, Pastor Mark? How can we fight this war against wicked thinking and this sin that keeps coming and keeps coming? Every time he comes around with that little bag of stuff, i got to have it. Every time my friends come around and they're fixing to go party, i got to go with them. No, you don't. you just got to change your way of thinking. Every time... Is, it, it could be the last time. Somebody praise God if it's the last time in your life and you're so excited about your sobriety. You're so excited about your walk with Jesus Christ. You made up your mind that no matter who was coming, you wasn't wavering from who you believe and who you serve. How'd that happen, Harry? You changed your thinking. You no longer think that you can skip out on church. You no longer think that you can avoid talking to God every day. You no longer think that you don't need a prayer life or prayer people. Let me say this to you. I, I need prayerful people and a prayer life and godly people and godly influence in my life. Woo, I'm fixing to blow your theology in your mind because if you get away from those things, you will allow the devil to tempt your mind and put bad things in your mind which will lead you straight to sin, which will lead you straight to hell. You need to understand this tonight because this is Easter. Sin leads to hell and Jesus died on the cross so that we could pave a way not to go to hell. That's English, easy to understand, but hard to swallow. So every time you think about sinning, you ought to be thinking about going to hell. I don't want to hear that. I'm going to cheat on my taxes. I'm going to cheat on this. I'm going to cheat on that. I'm going to cheat on my man. I'm going to cheat on my woman. I'm living in sin right now. I'm shacking up with somebody I ain't even married to. Every time you sin, 
I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and, and, and she said, she said, this lady walked into her office. She dropped down on her knees, and she said, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over my life and over my, my finances. I'm seeking God's face every day of my life. I love Jesus, and I'm pleading the blood over, over I want to see his face. And, and she said, get up, girl. Aren't you living with a man? Aren't you sleeping with a man you're not married to? God ain't even hearing your prayers. Get up. He ain't even hearing your prayers. You're living in sin. Well, what God are you praying to? Because God, I say, I serve. She told him just like that, get up. You're living in sin. If this steps on your toes, it steps on your toes. It's straight from God, not from me. If there's anything we talk about in this church any time and it steps on your toes or you feel like I'm pointing you out or talking to you, let me tell you, that's the Holy Spirit talking right to you. I see people all the time say, Pastor Mark, do you have a hidden camera in my house? Do you have, a, do you have this thing on blast? How would you know we fought before church this morning? I didn't know any of that. God knew everything. So here's this girl in my friend's office, and she said, I'm looking for God's face. I'm seeking God's face. I said, get up, girl. You're living in sin, and God ain't even hearing your prayers. Sometimes we just got to tell people like that. Maybe you need to be told like that tonight. If you're living in sin, you're going to die and go to hell. The only way to avoid that is to get out of sin and avoid sinning in your life. Avoid sinning in your life. So, so she, she said, you're living in sin. You're, you're, you're living with a man you're not married to. She said, yeah, but I ain't got nowhere to go. So now you're telling me you, ain't, you don't trust God. One, you're seeking his face, but you're sinning. Out of the next words that come out of your mouth. But I ain't got nowhere else to go. Oh, so you're not really to walk away and trust God? I, I trust God for everything in my life. Everything in my life. People say, why ain't we doing this? And why ain't we going over here? And why ain't we hurrying up and getting our cover over our arena? And why don't we do it like that? And that Pastor Mark, he's, he don't have no sin. He don't do it like they do over here. And why don't they do this? Why? Because I'm praying and I'm waiting on an answer and I'm trying to avoid falling into a trap. Because I have fallen into traps. And the devil's laying them out today. He's laying them traps out. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Why ain't you being blessed? Why ain't you going places in your ministry? Why ain't people supporting you? Why, why are you not just, just excelling? What is keeping you from that? Real stuff. Avoid sin. You cannot ride the fence with my Lord and Savior. You can make mistakes. Because we all make mistakes. You can sin, and it's very important to ask God to forgive you when you recognize that sin. See, the, the washing of the disciples' feet was one about servanthood, but it was also about cleaning up our life every day. Because we walk around in sin, every one of us. That's why we got to go, man, before I go to sleep and close my eyes at night. I ask God to forgive me of my sins. When I wake up in the morning, Lord, you know me better than I know myself. Is anybody getting anything out of this tonight? <laughs> Avoiding sin. So how do we fill our mind with the right thoughts? How can we fight this war against this wicked thinking? Here's some principles. Listen to me tonight. To avoid sinful thought, here's some principles. Fill your mind with God's word. If you'll get into God's word, 
and study God's word, you can avoid sin in your life. Because God's word is the opposite of sin. One of the ladies on the Today Show, when they were talking about, when they were talking about uh, uh, ways to heaven and what you believe and this, that, and the other, she kept saying, it's all about love. It's all about love. It's all about love. Well, I, I was thinking about that. The Bible says that God is love. But God's a lot of other things in love. Somebody get that tonight. He's a lot of other things than love. And I'm going to say this to you tonight. If you'll get in here, you'll find that God is more than love. He's a provider. He's a comforter. He's a brother. He's a friend. He's a father. He's compassionate and caring. And he also weeps like you and I weep. Anybody here weep? Sometimes I just cry like a baby. I went and watched that movie, Do You Believe? And I was sitting there, and it kind of got off to a slow start. And I was kind of tired, and I almost dozed off. And then it come to this one point in, in the movie where this man gave up his house for this woman and her little girl. I don't and, and, and pay me. Just pay me the five bucks. And uh, <laughs> he gave up his house for this little girl. And he went and he slept on a park bench. I started weeping then. In another hour and a half of the movie that I'm not giving away. So they owe me like a buck 25 is what I figured. <laughs> so if everybody will pay up, we'll be good tonight. I can go to Chili's after church and give me something to eat. God is a lot of things. He's everything. And when you fill your mind up with God's word, the Bible fits the description of all kinds of these things that Paul writes about to Philippians. When you pack your mind full of songs and godly songs, and when you pack your mind with lyrics like I can only imagine, when you pack your mind with songs like the old rugged cross, when you pack your mind with scriptures like John 3, 16 and 17 and Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good reports, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. Set your mind on Christ to avoid sin and set your mind on Christ. Memorize Bibles verses. Sing Christian songs. Go home and take the stuff off the TV that you're recording that is not of God. If you're memorizing and meditating on the Bible, then it'll begin to push out ungodly thoughts, Danny, in your life and in the lives of so many tonight. Another thing is to, if we fill our mind with God's word, and the next thing is if we'll keep our mind clean. How many people know that we need to keep our mind clean? If your mind's clean, your mouth will be clean. Touch three people and tell them your mouth will be clean. I gave you that for free. It's not even in here. Keep your mind clean. Psalms 101.3 says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I will hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Job 31.1 says, I made a covenant with my eyes. When then should I think 
upon a maid. As the verse in 2 Corinthians reminds us, the battle for your mind is an active one. It is not something that you can passively win. You must keep on working at it. I got a friend, and he's blind. His name is Cody Leger. And, man, he's a great friend to me, a great friend of my family, and his family and my family will be connected, and we'll be in heaven together one day. I met him down in Waco, Texas at a, at a car sale, and, and I invited him to come up and preach a revival for me. And We were having a bull riding that night. His first time here, we were having a bull riding, and him and his family come early to check out our bull riding. And Cody has fake eyeballs. His eyeballs are fake. They, they, they're, they're artificial, and, and he wears dark glasses. And, 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 and I said, Cody, would you like to say a word to these rodeo fans tonight? And, man, he got up, and he began to preach that night at that little rodeo crowd, he said to me, and I'll never forget as long as I live, he said, Whoa, I love a good Texas rodeo. I love horses and bulls and cattle and steers. I love to see everybody decked out. And he said, I love to see everybody decked out. I love to see bulls. I love to see him. I love to see cattle. I was thinking, how in the heck does he love to see this when he's never saw anything? He was saying that. I was like, well, you've never, not one day has he ever been able. He ain't one of those people that went blind. He was born blind. So he's never been able to see anything. And he kept going on. I love a good Texas rodeo. Woo! And he, he gets all fired up. He, I love it. I love it. And he said, and then he said, you know, guys, I've never seen a horse. I've never seen a bull. I don't know what kind of clothes you got on. He said, but I wish I did. He said, but one thing I thank God for every day, I've never seen sin. We have to get our eyes focused on the right thing. If you're a married man and, and, and you know that lust creeps up in your heart, you need to nip that in the bud. Pretty girl walks by, you make eye contact with your old lady. I say, old lady in church, I guess I did. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord, I know not what I say. I'm going to get an email about that. I'm sorry. Keep your eyes. If a good-looking dude, say your husband, he, 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 done, he had a six-pack, now he's got a keg, and a guy walks by. And, I'm talking to Mary now. And uh, he got a keg. You keep your eyes on your man. You got a job, you're blessed, you work with people, you work with things, stay true, stay honest, stay forthright. And God will bless you and everything you touch. Woo, that's good stuff. There's a daily battle for the eyes. You drive down the road, you see a billboard that promotes nudity, see insects, it's larger than life. You can't help but look at it. You still got to guard your eyes. Maybe you can't control what's on that billboard. I was thinking about this. Maybe you can't control what's on that billboard, but you can control what's on your computer. You can control what's on your television. You can control what type of movies you go see. One thing Connie and Vic told me when they went to the movies the other night with Scott and Augusta, they said, you know what, there's a preview of a bunch of good Christian movies coming out. 
you go to Lifeway, you don't like what's on TV, you go to Lifeway, they got a bunch of good Christian family movies. We all struggle there, brothers and sisters. We need to keep our eyes fixed. Another thing I think that will help us avoid sin is get an accountability partner. People that you're accountable to, people that you can call on, people that you can be honest with, that will never judge you. They're just going to speak truth into your life. I thank God for my accountability partners, and I thank God that I'm the accountability partner to so many today. I don't take that for granted. I want to be held accountable, and I want to hold people accountable because that's the belief, that's the way, that's the way that God wants it. You know why people go to these big, big, big churches where there's two or 3,000 people so they can sit on the back row and nobody knows them? So they can blend in and get their praise and worship on and carry their great big old King James Bible and wave it in the air. And then they get back in their car and go right back over to the, to the Hooters for lunch or skip out on everything else for the rest of the week. Go back to drinking, go back to drugging, go back to lying, going back to cheating. Why do people go to those big churches? Now, not all big churches are bad. Don't let me say that because I know a lot of big churches got a lot of good people in them. Even if you go to a big church, if you go to a big church, you need to get your accountability partner. You can get in small groups. We tried small groups at this church one time, and it turned out to be gossip sessions. We need to go back to small groups where we're holding each other accountable, where we're lifting others up. We're not in those groups talking about the elders or talking about the preacher or talking about this. And talking. We need to get in those small groups, hold each other accountable, and raise up the name of Jesus. Come into a theater near you. We're going to be posted up at Carl's house. We're going to be posted up at Vic's house. We're going to be posted up at Don's house. We're going to be posted up at Danny's house, at Jimmy and Josie's. We're all going to come over. We're going to do small groups and Bible studies. And we'll be holding each other accountable. And when that person slips and falls, somebody be there to say, Get up now. Get up. This ain't you. This ain't you. I know you. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. We need people to tell us to get up and get back on our horse and ride. I know I do. I know I do. I'm not perfect. I need people to call me and say, hey, Brother Mark, you keep going now. You keep going. Don't you sit down. I know you're having trouble getting this weight off, but you keep going. I'm believing in you. I'm going to bring you over a macaroni salad. <laughs> I had somebody tell me the other day, Brother Mark, I'm going to bring you over a macaroni salad. I said, bring it because it don't sound healthy. It sounds delicious if you ask me. We need people to hold us accountable. Find a friend who can hold you accountable. Meet with them on a regular basis, either in person or over the phone, through the Internet. I have an accountability partner that I meet with all the time. We talk almost daily. I got accountability partners in Waco. I got a pastor that I personally sit under. That if I need any help or go through anything, I can call him. In my phone, it says Pastor One. Number one pastor, Pastor Collier. If I have any problems, I can call him. He'll pick up the phone, and then I just talk about you. And I talk about me and maybe something that I'm dealing with or struggling with. You ever face this? You ever go through that? I remember early on. I got a few more minutes. Listen to me. I remember early on. We were facing some really difficult situations. And I called on my pastor. And he said, well, just come on back home. We didn't know where we was going to go or what we was going to do. And he was telling me to come on back home. 
So your accountability partner always wants you to come home. He always wants you to be in the right place. Come back home. Your accountability partner will tell you, come back to church. Go back to the rehab program. Go to AA. Get right with God. Your accountability partner will tell you, hey, if you got a problem with domestic abuse, I'll get you some help before you wind up in prison for the rest of your life. I'll get you some help. You got a problem being a straight-up dad? You know what? We'll get you to some men's places. Get you around some really men. Establish somebody you can be accountable to. And my last one, and I'm done. Another way that will help us avoid sin is to view others with godly eyes. If we'll start to view others with godly eyes the way that God sees them, we won't cast judgment on them, and therefore judgment won't be cast down on us. What did you say, Brother Mark? The Bible says, judge not, ye be judged. So if you start seeing people with love and compassion, I told somebody the other day they were going through something, I said, hey, don't sweat it. Hurting people hurt other people. Just pray for them. They're hurting. They're going through some stuff. Hurting people hurt other people. You just happen to be a garbage can that they dumped on. Well, I didn't like it. It didn't feel good. I said, welcome to my world. Welcome to the world of Christian. Sometimes a Christian does get dumped on. Some God calls Christians to take the higher road, to turn the other cheek. Oh, that kept me away from Christ for a lot of years because I thought, well, I'm not going to be a sissy. I'm not going to be a punk. I'm not going to turn the other cheek. But, man, I've been through so many situations where I just had to turn the other cheek. God's not caring about our comfort. He's caring about our character. And if you're going to walk the walk and talk the talk, he's going to put you through the fire to see if you are who you are, you say you are. And he'll put you through the fire to grow you. I, I don't know how, how important this is to you tonight. View others with godly eyes. Think of a people as your brother and sister. Can we do that tonight? Can we start thinking of these people in this room as family? We call them church family. But do we talk to them like family? Do we love them like family? Do we help them like family? You say some of them like cousins. Yeah, they like cousins. We got to love them. Some of them stay on the couch a little longer. We got to love them. All joking aside, if we treat them like our immediate family, God will bless us and reward us and use them in a mighty, mighty way. I was thinking about that, and I'll be done. Listen, think of other people as your brother and sister. Even if that person is an unbeliever, think of that person as a brother or sister. Even your enemies, if you'll think of them as a brother and sister, you might win them over to Christ. I'm going to have a bike night. Call it biker night, Holly. You and Garrett better hurry up and get a motorcycle, girl. Biker night. We're going to have biker night. Hosted by Faith Cycles and Cowboy Church. Caney Creek Cowboy Church. It's going to be an awesome night. We're going to come out here with a bunch of bikers, Christian bikers, and non-Christian bikers. It's for believers and non-believers. Why? Because we need to see those people as our brothers and sisters. 
How are we ever going to get them to turn in here, Miss Biggs, if we don't treat them like that when we're out on the road, if we're breaking laws and doing things that we're not supposed to? How are we ever going to see us as any different unless we get a hold of them and love them and say, look, we're going to have a thing here, and, and we're not asking you to do anything, but come, we love you. Man, one of the greatest things and the most retarded things that I do is is I'll be on the phone with somebody looking to buy a car or somebody looking to, or just calls me out of the blue, and we'll be talking. Uh, I had a guy call me the other day, and they were trying to sell me some insurance. And I said, what kind of quote you got? And they was telling me. I said, well, I think Obamacare got you beat, brother. I got some good Obamacare now. I ain't, I ain't hating on Obama. My insurance went down. I, I told you I was praying for him, and it helped me. My insurance went down. See, y'all don't see things like I see things. We were talking about insurance, and I said, I said, but if I, anything ever changes, I'll let you know. He said, okay, man, thank you so much. I said, all right, man, I love you. He said, what? And I apologized. I'm sorry. I, mean, I, I thought I was talking to one of my church members. I should never apologize. Him. You and I should never apologize him for treating people like brothers and sisters. Maybe the person at work, person you go to school with. Why don't you start loving them where they are? Start treating them like family. And they're going to want what you got. What you got is Jesus. The same Jesus that died on the cross 2,000 plus years ago is still alive and working today. <laughs> Avoiding simple thoughts is not impossible. It's not impossible. We have to be careful to fill our minds with God's word. We got to keep our mind clean, avoid polluting it. We got to establish accountabilities with fellow believers and keep in touch. We got to view others with godly eyes, even when they don't act godly to us. Even when they don't act godly to us. One of my church members called me the other day and said, Brother Mark, I think I'm going to hit him in the head with a bat. My first question was, is it a wiffle ball bat? They didn't know what to think. They started laughing. I said, you can't. I don't know where I get this stuff. It just comes to my mind. I said to him, I said, brother, I said, you can't avoid what people do to you, but you can't avoid when you have in charge of your actions. Well, what am I supposed to do, brother Mark? I said, have you tried praying for them? That's the last thing I want to do, Brother Mark. I said, that's the first thing you should do because the Bible says pray for your enemies and those that persecute you. I said, Brother Mark, that is so hard. I said, I know I do it all the time. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If it's easy, everybody would be a Christian. People are missing out on such a beautiful life because the hard part was Calvary. This is the easy part right here. The hard part was what Jesus went through. The thorns. The nails. The mockery. The spit. I was visualizing him hanging on that cross. 
And he said, it is finished. But he didn't say he was finished. And he died, took his last breath. He gasped his last breath. And then three days later, he came back. And you know why he came back? Let me get this on your level and my level. Because he loved you and he loved me. And there had to be something to bridge the gap between our sinful nature, our sinful ways. And that was Jesus Christ. You ever think about it like this? At any time, when he was walking, his start, he, he, he lived three decades, just a little over three decades. He lived just a little over three decades. And there must have been times where Jesus might have thought, I want to go back home. I was thinking, watch this. Don't lose this. Listen. Look, pay attention. There must have been times in Jesus' 33 years whether he be walking out in the desert and his feet hurt and he's tired and he's thirsty, there must have been a thought that came in his mind that said, you know what, I'll just go back home. You know he could have done that. When he was on his way to Calvary, when, when he dropped that cross and they had to have Bartholomew pick it up. Is that who picked it up? Whoever. Simon. Pick him up. Pick it up. At that time, he could have said, Simon, go on. I'm going back. But he never did. And why? Because of you. And if you're still sinning, you need to avoid it. If you're living in sin, you need to change. If you're talking out of both sides of your mouth and a preacher told you hadn't told you that that lifestyle will lead you to hell, I'm going to tell you tonight, it will. You're either all in or you're all out. I believe, I believe with all my heart, the moment they mashed that crown of thorns on his head and they took the stick and they tapped it off, he was saying, I'm all in. I'm all in for him. I'm all in. Are you all in tonight? God knows. Every head bowed, every eye closed. James 1, 12, something's echoing, and I got real loud real quick. James 1, 12 says this. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive another crown, the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and is enticed. Then when lust haveth convinced, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. God has a crown for you and a crown of life. He promised it to those who love him. Let me ask you tonight, do you love him? Really, do you love him? 
Do you love him? Actions speak louder than words. Do you love him? You're still sinning. You're still living in sin. You need to make some changes tonight. I didn't know I was coming to a Bible study like this. I'm glad you did. Because I wouldn't want you to leave out of this church and not hear that Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for you. And if you'll leave that sin, he'll take care of you and give you the crown of life. Do you love him? Invite him into your heart tonight. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Tonight I make you my personal Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you bore this crown of thorns for me, for my sins. Come into my heart and live. Just pray with me. Say, dear Lord, I make you my Lord and Savior tonight. Help me to get the sin out of my life and to avoid it. He's going to help you if you prayed that with me. Help me get the sin out of my life and help me to avoid it. If you're here tonight and you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but there's things in your life that you need to clean up, it's on you tonight. You've heard the gospel presented in a way that you understand and you know what God requires. It is on you tonight. I can't come over and clean up your computer. I can't come over and camp out all night at your house with a shotgun and keep the dope man out of there. It's going to take you. It's going to take you. You can do it, though. You can do it. We all can do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. <laughs>